Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. All right, welcome to episode 127. And this, I gotta be honest, my studies this week have been absolutely amazing. I have been blown away as I've studied Revelation. And I'm I haven't even got through all 11 chapters because I spent, I've spent so much time. I spent two full days studying just one through three, um, and, and I've been blown away. And it's just been such an awesome experience because, one, I'm learning a ton. I, I'm getting uh, – I'm being taught by the Spirit. But I think even more than that, it's, 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 the, it's the juxtaposition of being so intimidated of Revelation for so long and – now, as I'm studying it, getting so much out of it, I mean, my goodness, I've, I've made, I mean, two full pages of notes two days in a row now, uh, more than I've gotten from a lot of things. And I, I'm, I'm digging into it on a more granular level. And I'm going to, I'm going to start this. Uh, this is, this is called an open loop. So this is something it's called the Zygernick effect. And we talk about it all the time at work in marketing. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to create an open loop and then I'm going to close it at the end. So you're going to have to hang out until the end to find out what I mean. But I really believe, and I had this thought at the end of my study today, that the book of Revelation is like the family, a proclamation to the world. And at the end of today's episode, I'll, I'll explain to you what I mean, but I'll, I'll let you sit with that a little bit and think, how in the heck are those two related? But as I was studying today, I couldn't help but think, and, and even before I started reading, you know, I, I, I was picking up where I left off yesterday, which was like Revelation chapter two, verse uh, 12, I think is where I, I think I stopped at 11 uh, when I was studying yesterday. But as I, even before I started reading, I had this thought and I wrote it down in my, my, um, my study notebook. And I said, I, I've always thought of Revelation as a book of doom and gloom. And I, you know, the last days and the second coming and all the terrifying things that are going to happen. But so far, and this was just through, you know, chapter two, verse 11, but so far I'm feeling hope and comfort and love and encouragement. And I'm like, man, how in the heck is that happening? You know, how in the heck is it changing it so much? And I actually made a list of all the verses that led me to feel hope and comfort and uh, here's the full list. And I, I started it from yesterday's reading, and then I, I finished it through today's. But it's Revelation 117, Revelation 2.7, 2.10-11, uh, 2.17, 2.26-29, 3.4-6, 3.12-13, and 3.20-22. 20 
all of those verses are ones that, that they give me hope and, and comfort as I read through them. And I realized one of the things I did as I was studying is I went back to, to Revelation 1, 11, and this is where the seven churches are listed. You know, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, uh, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I put a number next to each one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And, and then I bracketed out the verses that are are speaking to each individual church, and I put the number next to them. Uh, so for you know, I put a bracket before uh, verse one of chapter two, and a bracket at the end of verse seven, and I put a one next to each column. You know, each side is like, it covers two pages, and I did that in the same color as I did the uh, each of the churches, so that I can quickly um, notice uh, which ones which. Actually, as a matter of fact, one thing I'm going to do too is I'm going to actually underline the name of the church in each of those verses, and um, I probably shouldn't do that while I'm talking to you, but I am. Okay, I did the first two. I'll do the rest after I finish recording this, um, just so I can quickly understand which 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 church uh, John is talking to. And I believe that the entire theme, you know, for me as I read it, when I got out of it, the entire theme of the entire two chapters, uh, really three, because it starts in, in chapter one, but uh, certainly two through three when he's talking to the seven churches, the entire theme of those chapters can be summed up in three simple words works, repentance, or repent, and overcome or overcoming. Uh, so work, repent, overcome. If you look at each of the, the um, what John is told to say to each of these churches by the Savior, almost without fail, there's two exceptions, almost without fail, every single church is told by the Savior, I know thy works. They are told to repent, and they're promised blessings if they overcome. The only exceptions to that, here are the only two exceptions. The only two exceptions are the church of Smyrna. Uh, I think it's Smyrna. Let's see, Smyrna's two. Yeah, Smyrna and Philadelphia are not told to repent. Those are the only two exceptions to those three things being in every single one. Uh, Smyrna and Philadelphia are promised, uh, are, are told that, that he knows their works, and he's told that they're told that they will uh, receive blessings if they overcome, but they are not told to repent. However, they are told to be faithful and to hold fast, respectively. So kind of the same thing. I think they were doing a little bit better than the other churches. Um, but, you know, be faithful means, hey, when you mess up, repent. And hold fast means, hey, do what you're supposed to do. And if you mess up, repent. So they were really told to repent too, but he didn't use the word repent. But every other one of them uses the word, uses the phrase, I know that works uses the phrase repent and uses the phrase overcometh. And I, I think it's, I think it's overcometh every single time. Yep. Overcometh every single time. So what I did is I went through and I highlighted those. I underlined, I know that works in blue in each time I, I underlined and overlined. So I put a line right over it. So it kind of boxes it in, uh, repent in yellow, um, in each one of those, uh, except for Smyrna and Philadelphia, obviously. And I underlined and overlined overcometh in um, what is that? Like a pink, I guess. Yeah, a pink um, in each one. So it's, it's quick and easy for me to see that um, in each one. So those are only two. And as I was reading these, like the promises and the blessings of those that overcome are unbelievable. I mean, these are scriptures that we actually quote uh, fairly often. Um, you know, I'm just looking here in the first one. To him that overcometh will I, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Uh, he that overcometh shall not be hurt in the second death. Um, 
To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Uh, he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with an, a rod of iron. Actually, you need to read the um, the Joseph Smith translation with that one. I remember there were some, some differences there in the, the Joseph Smith translation, which is pretty awesome. Uh, let's see, Joseph Smith translation. And to him who overcometh and keepeth my commandments unto the end will I give power over many kingdoms, and he shall rule them with the word of God. I thought it was interesting that word of God is the the change for rod of iron, uh, you know, hearkening back to, to First Nephi. And they shall be in his hands as the vessels of clay in the hands of a potter, and he shall govern them by faith with equity and justice, even as I received of my father. Um, let's see. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment and will not and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, and I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Uh, he that overcometh while I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him a new name, my new name. And then finally, for the seventh, uh, seventh church, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. So the promises of overcoming are unbelievable. And as I'm reading through those, especially now as I'm reading them back to back to back, which I didn't do as I was studying, to us as members of the church, I mean, think of the the references and the allusions to um, the temple and uh, the temple ceremonies and, and, and the endowment and the, the covenants we make in the temple. Uh, they're massive. And so there, there's certainly a, a um, an indication of those that overcome are those that have made all of the covenants of the the new and everlasting covenant of, of the the covenant of Abraham, including those in the temple, um, and and how that is is part of uh, overcoming. And you know I also think it's interesting in the very last one how he says uh, they'll sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame. So that, that idea of being a joint heir, you know, we will overcome as Christ overcame if we will repent. And I think that it just blows my mind. It's, it's so cool to see. And as I read those and as, as, I, as I focus on those verses and I focus on the idea of repenting, I don't see doom and gloom. I, I just don't. I see, I see a Savior and a Father in heaven who are reaching out to their children and are inviting them to come and partake of the gospel, to repent, to experience the atonement in their lives, to make covenants and and draw nearer to the Savior and their Father in heaven through making and keeping covenants. And and I think it's so sad that that is missed as we as we read Revelation because it is a it is a you know Revelation one through three is really hope and and I'm going to get to that as to and that's going to circle back to my open loop at the beginning. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say with that. Hmm, I lost it. I don't know what it is. So let's. Oh, so in the Bible dictionary for Revelation, and I mentioned this in, in yesterday's episode, episode 126, right? 126. I'm getting my episodes. There's so many of them now. I'm getting my yep, episode 126. I mentioned that I'd gone to the Revelation of John in the Bible Dictionary, and I'd looked at the, the guidelines to understanding, and I'd, I'd made a note of what they said the theme or the main idea of 1 through 3 was. And if you read here, it says, These three chapters show clearly that the church in that day was rapidly going into apostasy. 
with all due respect to everybody that worked on this and the person that wrote that Bible dictionary um, entry, I disagree. To me, it is not a clear and obvious the church is going to apostasy, and I don't think that's what I should see or be looking for as I'm reading these verses. Because yes, they were, you know, they were, there was things that were going wrong. But to me, as I read this, you know, if you go all the way back to Revelation 1, um, where in verse 16, John says that he had in his right hand seven stars. And then we learn that the seven stars are the servants of the seven churches. So he's holding in his hand, his right hand, the leaders of these churches, which means that he is supporting them and strengthening them, and that he, uh, you know, at, at to some degree, um, is pleased with them. And are there, you know, and, and they're doing fairly well. You know, in most of these, he commends them in the beginning. Uh, you know, I, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and now thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they're prophets and are not and has found them as liars. Um, you know, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty. I know thy works where thou dwellest. Um, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied the faith. I know thy works in charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Um, I know thy works that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Um, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Um, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. I know thy works, that thou art... Okay, um, well, laudations don't get as many. Uh, <laughs> they don't They don't get the, the benefit of, hey, you're doing some really great things. So they, were, they weren't doing quite as well as everybody else. But, you know, this is a... a this is a savior who is addressing each church saying he knows their works both good and bad you know it's not just the bad things they're doing he sees the good things they're doing regardless of what they're doing he sees it and i think that's a good lesson for us and they're doing some really good things you know he commends them for the things that they're doing right and he's also warning them of what is to come either the the evils and the challenges that they're facing currently or that they're going to face soon, either from um, you know struggles that their individual members are having, or struggles that they're going to um, be faced with from without the church. And he's 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 warning them of those things, like and and doing so through a, through his prophet, um, which is is the pattern that's always set. But then he's also showing them how to defeat those challenges and those those trials that they're going to be facing. Um, he calls them to repent. He tells them what to do to face those things. And then he gives them promised blessings if they will do so, and they will do so successfully by relying on him. That to me is not, the theme of that is not that they're falling into apostasy. The theme of that for me is the Savior doing what he's always done, which is using his prophet to reach out to the individual leaders and the individual members of the church warning them of the things that are happening, the things that, that the prophet can see that no one else can see, and inviting them to repent and to remain close to the gospel, to follow the prophet, to live the gospel. And if they will do so, they will receive eternal life. That's what I see. And as I, as I was writing that in my study journal, that's where I came to this realization that this is, uh, Revelation 1 through 3 is so 
eerily to me similar to the family of proclamation to the world. And here's what I mean. The family of the proclamation to the world was that exact same thing. It was a prophet and the apostles looking farther ahead than we could see ourselves, seeing the evils and the challenges and the trials that we would face in the future, pointing them out to us, telling us how to overcome them, and then promising us blessings if we will. So my question is, is the proclamation or the family of proclamation to the world, is it about the church and the world going into apostasy? I mean, yeah, I guess in some way, but is that the focus of it? Absolutely not. No way. No one would ever read the, the, the family of proclamation to the world and say, well, this is about the, uh, the prophet saying that we're going into apostasy. No, it's the prophet seeing things that we couldn't see before we could see them, warning us of them, telling us how to overcome them and promising us blessings if we will do so. Blessings of eternal life, blessings that come from uh, entering into covenants in the temple and receiving all and the fullness of the gospel. That's the way I see Revelation 1 through 3, the same way I see the proclamation or the family of proclamation to the world. I always mess that up. Um, so I hope that helps. I hope that that sparks something in you. I would encourage you to go through these these. And make note of when it says, uh, you know, that he knows their works uh, and calls them to repent and promises them blessings for overcoming. It's really cool to see those three things and to pull those out and to understand that this is the same process that Heavenly Father and and the Savior have used throughout the history of the world. uh, To use prophets to see um, challenges that are coming farther away than the the members and the, the local leaders can see them and giving them the tools that they need to overcome them and, and, and promised blessings when they do. So I encourage you to get the resource, the references to everything that we talked about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash one, two, seven. And I may end up doing another episode of this. I don't know, man, I, I feel bad that I only got through uh, revelation one through three, but I think that's the beauty of, of come follow me is the ability to study at our own pace and really dig into the things that are important. So over the weekend, I'll have to do the rest. I don't know if I'll get episodes recorded for them because we'll be moving on to the next stuff next week, but I will do, uh, I will do what I can. So, uh, if not, make sure you, you study those on your own, obviously, but, um, what a wonderful experience revelation has been for me so far. Um, it's been more than I ever could have ex- expected as I started it. And I hope it's been that for you as well. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.